thank you so much, Lord, that you teach us through the life of the people in the Bible, through the life of David, and Lord, most, most importantly, the life of Jesus. We pray in his name. Amen. Amen. Well, let me start with a question. What has God called you to do? That's a big question, right? Let's get a little bit more specific. What specifically has he chosen you for? Why were you born? What are you put on earth to do specifically? Do you know? If I asked you to raise your hand, which I'm not, <laughs> would you be able to raise your hand? Would you be able to stand up and say to the church, tell us what you were chosen for? We're going to be talking about that. You know, all of us have hopes. All of us have dreams. All of us have a vision and desires of our hearts, like the Bible puts it. And we want to know that our lives have meaning and purpose. And we're doing what the Lord wants us to do, that we're in the will of God, right? You know, how many of you have read The Purpose Driven Life? A lot of us, we did a actual um, small group series on that. Um, a lot of us. It's one of the best-selling books of all time. Purpose Driven Life. Why? Because people want to know how to have purpose, how to have meaning in their lives. So what is your purpose? Do you know that? Today, I'm going to be going over the final chapters of King David's life. He was an amazing man with an amazing life, right? Remember, he went from shepherd to king. Wow, amazing. Shepherd boy to king. He was somebody who was courageous. He was full of integrity. He desired to honor and worship God. He was someone who accomplished God's purpose for his life. Well done, good and faithful servant. It's awesome, right? David, the life of David. But we learned last week, we looked at the story of David and Bathsheba. Do you remember? David was not a perfect man. In fact, he was far from it. He was an adulterer. He was a murderer. And remember, he chose to sin. He chose to sin, and we saw in his life the devastating consequences that happened. His family would be in disunity, there would be violence that would mar his family. He had many sons with different wives and concubines, and it was all out of whack, his family life, wasn't it? He had two sons, Adonijah and Absalom, who tried to actually take his throne from him by force. And coming to the end of David's life, he gets to the very end, last chapters, and he's been through all the highs and the lows, he's learned much about his success and through his successes, but he's also learned a lot through his failures, just like our lives as well, yeah? First Chronicles 28. If you have a Bible, you can open up to First Chronicles chapter 28. We're going to go through the last two chapters, finishing up the life of David. And we're going to see how King David, he gathers all his leaders, all the important people around his life in the kingdom, including his soon-to-be son, Solomon, who would be king. And he gathers them all together and he gives them a passionate charge. He wants to share with them. He's saying, you know what? My life is coming to an end. My life is coming to its close. 
let me share some of the things that I've learned along the way so that you can fulfill everything God has called you to do. Isn't that good? David is passing it on. So in the last few chapters of 1 Chronicles, David gives us great insight as to how we are to accomplish what God has called us to do. Thank you, David. Okay, how can you accomplish God's plan for your life? Number one, you can write in your notes, know what God has chosen you for. We've got to know it. We've got to know what God has chosen us for. For those of us who have put their faith, our faith in Jesus Christ as our Savior, as our Lord, you know, the Bible says that we have been adopted into the family of God. We have been chosen as sons and daughters of God. We are the family of God. For Ephesians 1, 4 says, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us for adoption, hallelujah, to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with the pleasure, his pleasure and will. He chose us. John 15, 16, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. So God has chosen us into his family. For those who have said yes to Jesus, you are chosen. You are adopted. You are chosen. God chose you. He loves you so much. He chose you. But you're also chosen for a purpose. We're chosen for a purpose. What is that purpose? To bear fruit that will last. Have a legacy. It's like David, yeah? He wanted that legacy to continue. To bear fruit that will last. And to pray big prayers. And get big answers, remember? And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. Wow. Whatever? Yeah, big prayers. We can't limit God. Put God in a box. God wants to do amazing things in our lives so that we can bring glory to Jesus, okay? So David had big prayers, right? He was a big prayer person for himself to accomplish everything God wanted him to accomplish, but also for everyone else that he was leading for them to step into everything else God had planned for their lives. That's a good leader, right? First Chronicles 28, let's go through it, verses 1 through 6, starting there at verse 1. David summoned all the officials of Israel to assemble at Jerusalem, the officers over the tribes, the commanders of the divisions in the service of the king, the commanders of thousands and commanders of hundreds and the officials in charge of all the property and livestock and belonging, belonging to the king and his sons together with the palace officials the warriors, and all the brave fighting men. Gathers them all together. King David rose to his feet and said, you can picture it, listen to me, my fellow Israelites, my people. I had it in my heart to build a house as a place of rest for the ark. Remember the ark of the covenant? Place where the presence of God dwells. Ark of the covenant of the Lord for the footstool of our God. And I made plans to build it. But God said to me, you are not to build a house for my name because you are a warrior and have shed blood. Yet the Lord, the God of Israel, chose me from my whole family to be king over Israel forever. 
He chose Judah as leader. And from the tribe of Judah, he chose my family. And from my father's sons, he was pleased to make, make me king over all Israel. Of all my sons, and the Lord has given me many. He has chosen my son Solomon to sit on the throne of the kingdom of the Lord over Israel. He said to me, Solomon, your son, is the one who will build my house and my courts. For I have chosen him to be my son, and I will be his father. So David, he wanted to build the temple, didn't he? But what did God say? Nope. No, your warriors shed, shed too much blood. And that reminded me, Proverbs 16, 9. We can make our plans, but it's the Lord who determines our steps. We can have the best plans, but it's really the Lord who determines it all, right? Same thing, David. He wanted to build that temple, but nope. I'm going to have your son do it. Son Solomon. Well, I was thinking about, you know when we ask kids, hey, I have three children, and I still ask them to this day every once in a while, what do you want to be when you grow up? What do you want to be? And I just like hearing their answers. They don't really know. A lot of us don't really know. And we ask it, not so much you know, to hear an answer, but we just want to kind of be amused and hear what they say. It's always funny. It's always good. It's always kind of like, wow, cool. So, you know, I remember um, people asking me that as a kid. And I would say when I was little, oh, I want to be an NBA basketball player. That was what I wanted to be, right? And you know, don't know, you got to be like six foot five, six foot eight, whatever it is. I mean, if you're, under, if you're like six feet, you're amazing, right? But it's just like, when I was a kid, I didn't know any better. I just say, yeah, NBA basketball player. You know, my uh, grandfather, he was a, a little guy. He went to McKinley High School. And he was actually played for UH. And he, like, was best buddies. He introduced uh, uh, this guy. His name is Achugu. So he's my uncle. He married my grandfather's sister. And Achugu, I don't know, has anyone ever heard of him? Oh, there we are. That's my family right there. That's Steph. Steph, you're related. There's Stacy. There we go. And, you know, he, they, they were, like, really just old-school basketball players. And then our uncle, Vince Gu, he coached the women's basketball team for a long time. So I was like, yeah, it's in my blood. I'm going to be NBA. And I would always practice, and I'd do behind-the-back passes to the fence for, like, hours. Oh, yeah, look, watch this. Ooh, I'm going to picture myself. And, you know, that's just, as a kid, you don't know any better, right? Then you start realizing, I'm in high school. I'm only, like, 5'8". <laughs> I'm not going to make it. I'm not even good in high school. <laughs> and so, basically, that dream went out the window. So I'm thinking, okay, if I can't play, I'm going to coach <laughs> if you can't do you teach no just kidding but you know you just gotta like find a way to be still be in the game so i'm thinking okay i'm gonna be a coach and then my senior year my football coach we were driving out to this uh, football camp and he told me max i know one day you're gonna want to coach i think you'd be a good coach but i don't think you should coach what like my dream's getting dashed and I said, why not? Like, you don't want me to be a coach? You don't think I'm good enough? No, but he was saying, it's too much time. I had to put my family on hold, and I, you know, like kind of said no to all these things of my kids growing up, so don't be a coach. Take care of your life first, and then later on, if you have time, 
Maybe you coach then. So, okay, oh, I guess I'm not going to be a coach. What am I going to be? The Lord got a hold of my life in college, flipped my life upside down. Now I don't know what I'm going to be. I just want to be anything God wants me to be. Maybe I'm going to be a missionary. Maybe I'll go and, you know, to different parts of the world and just tell people about Jesus. You know, and I still think about that sometimes. Yeah, Lord, that's in my heart still. But isn't it cool? God called me to be a pastor. He chose me to do this. I really believe that. I was watching my friends get baptized. At, they were, I took them to New Hope at the time. We were going to New Hope. I'd take all my buddies. And I had five friends get baptized on one day. And so we're at Magic Island in the lagoon area. Where, you know, we do baptism on the other side of Magic Island. But anyway, we're getting baptized. They're getting baptized there. And I'm watching them. And I'm just looking at the sky thinking, you know what? That's really, um, can somebody turn that off? <laughs> I'm in my moment. I was like feeling the Lord, the scars were about to part. Unless, is that like a really holy text? <laughs> That's cute. That's so funny. I love you, cousin. That's, don't worry about it. Don't worry. We're getting some laughs out of this. It's good. So anyway, I'm like looking up to the Lord like, wow. And then I didn't hear an audible voice. Like, you know, uh, it was like Jesus' baptism. But I heard a voice in my heart. And it was, I want you to do this. And I was thinking, like, what? What do you mean? Like, do what? Do this? And like, I was looking at the pastors, you know, Pastor Wayne and everybody. I was like, I want you to do this. Like, oh, my be a pastor? I was like, well, I, I don't know, even know what I'm doing. Like, yeah, you got to go study the Bible. <laughs> so I went to Bible school, and I signed up. Okay, there's a local seminary here. And the Lord helped me to meet Vanessa at the time. And then we went off to England, and we studied up there in England. Came back here, finished my degree. And, you know, it was just awesome how the Lord put it all together. He really called me. He really chose me. I feel very honored to do what I do. Okay? But it's also cool because I get to do a little bit of coaching. Uh, you know, I stand on the side at McKinley to football games, right? I get to act like I'm part of the team a little bit. That's fun, right? Get to be around it. Right? I get to uh, do some teaching. I thought I might want to be a teacher um, teaching right now. It's pretty cool. So God puts it all together. Missions, we get to do some missions. That's so cool, and there's so much more yet to be done. And I'm excited about what God has yet to do. But he chose me, and God chose you as well. God chose Solomon, not David, to build the temple. And God chose you to build something as well. What has he called you to build? Called you to build a life, a kingdom life that is totally sold out to Jesus. Your life counts. Your life is important to God. You have hopes and dreams and visions, and God is going to use them all. What is it? For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, plans to give you, plans not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Do you believe that? God has a plan for your life, yes? But God doesn't want us to just know, to, for us to stop it, like, okay, God has a plan for my life. What is it? I don't know. I'll never realize it. 
but I know he has a plan for my life. Does that make any sense? No, what do we have to do? It says the next verse, and a lot of times we leave this verse out. Verse 12, then you will call on me and come and pray to me. Come and pray to God. And you and I will listen to you. God is always listening to our prayers. Sometimes we think, oh, God doesn't hear me. But God is listening intently. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. With some of your heart? No. With all your heart. And I will be found by you. There's a correlation there. We need to seek God with all our hearts to be connected to God in order to find our God-given plan and purpose for our lives. Amen? That's so important. How can you accomplish God's plan for your life? Number two, follow all God's commands. <laughs> follow all God's commands and love Him with everything you have. Everything. Moving on to verse 7. I will establish his king forever if he is unswerving and carrying out my commands and laws and is being done as is being done at this time. Verse 8. So now, David says, I charge you in the sight of all Israel and of the assembly of the Lord and in the hearing of our God, be careful to follow all the commands of our Lord, your God, that you may possess this good land and pass it on as an inheritance to your descendants forever. He's giving them what he's learned. Follow God and all his commands. Verse 9, And you, my son Solomon, and I can just picture him looking at Solomon. Come here, Solomon. Solomon, acknowledge the God of your father and serve him with wholehearted devotion and with a willing mind. Your heart, your mind. For the Lord searches every heart and understands every desire and every thought. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will reject you forever. Ooh. Consider now, for the Lord has chosen you, there it is again, to build a house as a sanctuary. Be strong and do the work. So D David, he was speaking out of experience. He's saying, don't make the same mistakes that I've made. You know, temptation, remember last week, talked about it, the battle over temptation? It starts where? In your mind. It starts with your thoughts. Then it goes down, makes that 12-inch leap into your heart if you're not careful. Instead, acknowledge the Lord. Serve the Lord. Seek the Lord. Have your mind focused on pure things, the right things. What God has you wanting to invest your life in. And then you invest your whole life into the Lord. You put everything you're doing into the Lord, into loving the Lord and loving others. How do you follow all God's commands? Jesus summed it up in the New Testament, didn't he? How do you follow all of God's commands? Give everything you have to him. He said in Matthew 22, 36, Remember, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul, with all your mind. There it is again, the heart and the mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. That's the great commandment. We know this great as a great commandment. 
Jesus said it summarizes all of God's commandments. How can you accomplish God's plan for your life? David taught it. Jesus taught it. Love God, love others. In fact, that's the mission of our church. Did you know that? That's our mission statement. Love God, love others. You have to love God with everything you have, your whole heart, your whole mind. And when you do, you're going to start to see God unfold his plan for your life in front of your very eyes as you're walking in that. But it's going to take everything you have, your whole heart. Remember, not part of it, your whole mind. You know, for me, when we went up to England to study, here I am, like, oh no, I don't think I've ever been to Europe before. I had been, but just briefly. But I get there, and I'm at Cambridge University, okay? I can't even spell Cambridge. Okay, and I'm there, and I'm sitting there in the chapel thinking, what am I doing here? Like, my wife is smart, okay? She speaks like five languages. She's like a super brain. Me, it's like half. And I'm thinking, oh man, like, does everyone realize I'm not supposed to be here? And I'm listening to the speakers. These are some of the greatest intellects in the history of the world. Okay? Stephen Hawking and I used to get our hair cut at the same place. Okay, what's up, Stephen? No, I don't want to imitate him. But I'm there, and I'm like hanging out in a place I'm way that's way over my head, okay? And I can't even understand what they're talking about theologically half the time. And I'm just, okay. And they asked me, okay, we're going to start off the semester. And it was a training ground for Anglican, the Church of England pastors, okay? And you have people from all walks of life. It's so cool. And here we are. We live in community together. And we study the Word. And we have all these different subjects. And we're just, it's so fun. Anyway, so we're sitting in chapel, and they say, as our you know, normal thing throughout the year, once a week we're going to have one of you preach. And I'm thinking, I, I would never want to do that. I'd be so nervous. Guess who preached that first one? Yeah, Max, I think you'd be great. Huh, I feel like my heart coming out of my mouth, like, and I'm like, no, I can't. So... I will go back and I'm praying and I'm studying and I'm praying and I'm preaching on Genesis 3, the fall of man, like one of the most heavy topics there is. Oh no, I'm going to like flop. And anyway, preaching the first time, I was nervous, but the Lord helped me. You know, I, I don't think I flopped that bad. I mean, I survived and the Lord just really, really helped me. But I had to give everything I had just to go up there and stay there and do the work and just be in it. It took my whole heart. It took my whole mind, whatever I had, okay? It took everything, that half mind I had to go. And you know what? It was amazing what the Lord has done. We have lifelong friends. We learned a lot. It was a great experience. We came back with a daughter, <laughs> Miley. It was awesome, okay? That's why she speaks with an English accent. I'm just kidding. Okay, that's number two. Everything. Number three, you can write in your notes. Trust that where God guides, God provides. First Chronicles 28, moving through verses 11 through 18. God gives David directions. 
repair the temple. Is David going to build it? No, his son is. He gives him all the directions. Chronicles 20, 19 says, All this I have in writing as a result of the Lord's hand on me, and he enabled me to understand all the details of the plan. And you can just see him. He wants to build the temple. I have all the details. He's going to provide direction for you. Where, what are you supposed to do? You're not sure yet? Ask the Lord. Seek him with all your heart. Guess what? He's going to provide the details, the plan. He's going to provide strength and courage. Verse 20. Be strong and courageous and do the work. Don't be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord my God is with you. He will not fail you or forsake you until all the work for the service of the temple of the Lord is finished. He's going to provide all the strength you'll need, all the courage you need. And believe me, you are going to need courage to fulfill the task God has called you to accomplish. There's so many times you're like, oh no, I can't do it. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I don't have this resource. I don't have the time. What are they going to think of me? No, God is saying be strong and courageous. Be strong and very courageous. Do you believe God's going to give you the strength and courage? Yes, he will provide that. He will provide others to assist you. Verse 21, the divisions of the priests and the Levites are ready for all the work on the temple. And every willing person skilled in any craft will help you in all the work. The officials and all the people will obey your command. Everyone was willing to help. Everyone started coming together to see the task of the temp temple start get started and get built. You're going to see how people in your life are going to, God's going to bring them to help fulfill this task. You're not going to be doing it alone. You might be doing it with people in your small group. I would say as we enter the new year, look for a small group you can get into. We're going to be starting some of those hopefully in the new year. People in your church, people in your family. God's going to be bringing people to help you fulfill the task he's called you to do. Nobody does it alone. So what is our response? All we have to do is give God what he's already given us. Can you do that? Give God what he's already given you. Next chapter, verse 1, chapter 29. Then King David said to the whole assembly, My son Solomon, there's my son, the one who God has chosen. He's young. He's inexperienced. The task is great because the palatial structure is not for man but for the Lord God. With all the resources I provided for the temple of my God. Besides, verse 3, in my devotion to the temple of my God, I now give my personal treasures of gold and silver for the temple over and above everything else I have provided or in this holy temple. So David modeled it. He brought everything he could as a king. He brought everything he could as his own personal stuff to the temple, to the building of the temple. Then the leaders saw David doing it, and the leaders modeled it. They brought what they had, and after the people saw it modeled, they began to give what they had. Verse 6, then the leaders of families, the officers of the tribes of Israel, the commanders of thousands, hundreds, the officials in charge of the king's work gave willingly. Anyone who had precious stones gave them to the treasury of the temple of the Lord in the custody of Jehiel the Gershonite. The people rejoiced at the willing response of their leaders, for they had given freely and wholeheartedly to the Lord. David the king also rejoiced greatly 
Now here's where the rubber meets the road. God has given you so many resources. Amen? We are so wealthy. He has given you such a great mind, a brilliant mind. He has given you a heart that loves the Lord. He has given you so many giftings. This church right here is so blessed. You are so gifted. Would you give what you have unto the Lord to see what he's called you to do be built, to be accomplished? Give everything he's blessed you with. Give with a willing heart. When you do, you're going to see God accomplish everything he's called you to do. How can you accomplish God's plan for your life? Finally, number four, rejoice and praise the Lord. Start rejoicing and praising the Lord. That's why worship is so good. That's why when we sing in our cars, music, we can sing and just bust loose. Just go ahead and nobody's there. Put on your worship music. Just go for it. Okay? You're the stoplight, that, like that commercial, Sweet Caroline for the Kia. You know, just go for it. Okay? Just got to sing out to the Lord. Rejoice and praise the Lord. Do you have some place in your life where you're able to just go for it and rejoice and praise the Lord? Or sometimes we get a little shame, you know? Even at church, we're here. We're all singing. Just sing it as loud as you can. We're all, what are you going to be shamed? Let's just all go for it as loud as we can and do it. We're singing to the Lord of Lord, the King of Kings. Go for it. Just sing out. And you know what? David's prayer in chapter 29, verse 10 through 13, is so awesome. He's singing about how great God is. He says this. He prays the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly, saying, Praise be to you, Lord, the God of our father Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor for everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. Wealth and honor come from you. You are ruler over all things. In your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. Now, our God, we give you thanks and praise your glorious name. It's like, whoa, he's just lifting it all up. You are so awesome, Lord. May the Lord birth that in you, that you would be able to sing out and praise him. You know, there's somebody, um, I'm going to go ahead and welcome him up now, uh, Kevin Okimoto. Kevin is going to be come and sharing with us one of his gifts. One of his gifts is to be able to sing out to the Lord. He is a professional musician, a professional singer. Right on. Let's welcome Kevin up to the stage. Right on, man. You know, Kevin, he has, he's married. He has an awesome wife named Dawn. Dawn is going to be coming out and doing a hula for us in a little bit with her gifting of dance that God has given her. They have awesome, they have three beautiful daughters. How old are they? Three, five, and eight. Three, five, and eight. They're so beautiful. You've seen them around. And you know what? Uh, I was talking with Kevin. We thought it would be really cool for him to share. I think it would be a blessing for us to be able to hear how God has brought him into the music industry. God brought him into this industry and his purpose his calling, how God has chosen him, 
is to be able to bring Jesus into this industry. Is that an easy task? No. So let's hear a little bit about it. I wanted to just ask a few questions. And so, um, you know, how, Kevin, how do you do it? How do you bring Jesus? What is your way to bring Jesus into that industry? Well, first of all, I'm in the party scene, so everybody's drinking. And um, people are high. Most people that drink beer, the younger generation right now, cocaine is very popular right now, so they can drink more. They can last longer. So basically what I do is I'm a leader. So when they when they um, ask me, oh, beer, 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 shot, 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 I just tell them, no, no, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. And uh, I came to this one challenge where this promoter he was trying to make me party with him, and then he just said, bro, what's wrong with you, man? What do you do? What the hell is wrong with you telling me like that? And I just told him, bro, I go to church. I, I believe in Jesus. That's what I do. So I basically just straight up with people. I let them know what I stand for. And I have nothing too high to be myself. And everybody knows that in Hawaii, the, the Hawaii guys. And I just be myself, basically. Mm. And, you know, how long have you been doing this? And then have you seen God changing people's lives? Have you seen God changing your own life or people around you in the industry? Um, yeah, because in the music industry, when you get an award or whatever, they they always praise God. Like, oh, I like to thank, <laughs> I like to thank Lord and Savior or God Jesus. They always say that, and then you see them the next day, they're they're back to normal doing whatever. But they seeds are planted in mm. the music industry. They know when stuff is good, they praise God all the time. You see it on TV all the time. So, yeah, I I see it. Mm. Yeah, And has God been doing that within you as you're ministering to people? Have you felt the Lord changing you, Well, working on you? Yeah, so for me, like, um, I'm just going to move on to the next question. Or what see, yeah, yeah, what yeah. do you do? Yeah. So um, <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for him too, too long already. <laughs> and then for, I'm going all backwards. Yeah, for me, um, um, what I see God doing, the blessings on me is like, I'm not like a regular guy. You know, punch in, punch in, punch out, pay stub, get a paycheck every two weeks or every week or whatever. I get paid cash. I also teach surfing in Waikiki. So, like, if nobody signs up for a surf lesson, I can be sitting there with no money. I can make $20 today or $10. The, the least I made was $10 for the whole day. And I sat there from 7 in the morning to five in the afternoon, in the evening, and I made ten dollars that day. But then, certain day, I'll make three hundred or four hundred. We never know, you know. Same thing with music. If my phone don't ring, I don't get paid. If they don't hire me, I don't get paid. So what is that? I um, it's all on faith. And like my wife, she pays all the bills. All I do is just throw the cash on the bed. Here you go, pay the bills. You know, make it rain. But <laughs> but it's like really radical in my life it's it's all my faith and then she gets stressed out she's like how are we gonna do this how are we gonna do this like, don't worry god will provide somebody's gonna come twenty dollars all day baby like that's how i always say it right but it's all with faith and god's been faithful he's been showing up just the much of what i need awesome. what we need yeah and then one thing this is i think 
really cool. And, you know, it's going to take some honesty, but is there anything that the Lord is still, you're waiting on the Lord for, to still do? What would you yeah. say? I think everybody has yeah. that. Some people die waiting for stuff to happen, being blessed and whatever. Um, I've been praying for like 11 years now for a house, for our family. You know, like my family's getting bigger, my kids getting older, so we need a bigger space. So that's probably what I'm waiting for. Amen. And you know what? God, he's going to do it. He's going to do that. Yeah. And we're all waiting for it is just like David, you know. God has called us to do it, and we're in the midst of this battle. We're using our gifts. We're using our talents unto the Lord, and God is going to help you. He's going to be there for you, just like he is. We're going to see some amazing testimonies, and then those things that are still yet to do, God's going to be with us to accomplish those things. Amen? You know, David, he went from shepherd boy to king. He wasn't a perfect person. None of us are. Right? But he left an awesome legacy, didn't he? He was a man who was after God's own heart. That's what God is requiring of you. Your whole heart. You know, I feel that when Kevin is speaking. I feel that when Kevin is singing. You know? And he's going to go ahead and lead us in uh, How Great Thou Art in just a second as we go ahead and stand up and, and close. You know, First Chronicles chapter 29, verse 26. As we come to the end of David's life, this is what it says. David, son of Jesse, going back to his daddy. David, remember when his daddy forgot about him? David, son of Jesse, was king over all Israel. Wow, how could a shepherd boy end up the king over all Israel? Only God. The plan and the purpose that he had for David's life was awesome. He ruled Israel 40 years, seven in Hebron and 33 in Jerusalem. He died at a good old age, a good life, having enjoyed long life, wealth, and honor. His son Solomon succeeded him as king. You know, Solomon, he go on to build the temple. Solomon's name actually means peace, peaceful. There would be a time of peace in Israel's history. It would be unforeseen, like it was just awesome. God's peace, his favor was upon their kingdom. That was Solomon and his role. Why don't we go ahead and stand? I'm going to have you pray. That we would see the life of David... And everything he went through and see how does my life parallel his where has God called me from what are some of the adventures he's taken me on what is the purpose that he's called me to that we would say at the end we've accomplished what God has wanted us to do in our lives what he's called us to do He's going to be there every step of the way. You know, Jesus, he was on a mission as well from his heavenly Father. On a mission to come to earth, to live a perfect sinless life and die for us on the cross. That was his mission. 
And when he hung there on the cross, he said these words, It is finished. He accomplished what God wanted him to do. Let's bow our heads. Lord, we just say thank you. Right now, Lord, we receive by faith that mission you have for us, that purpose and calling you have called us to. Heavenly Father, we just say thank you, God, that you're going to help us to know what you've chosen us for, that you're going to help us to love God, to love you and to love others. And we're going to trust you, Lord, that where you guide, you will provide everything that we need to fulfill the mission. And right now, you call us to rejoice, to praise the Lord, to say how great you are in advance, Lord, even before it happens. So right now, we thank you in advance, Lord. We ask that you would turn our hearts completely to you. You would turn our minds. Give everything we have, every thought, unto you. We love you, Lord Jesus, and we thank you so much, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen.